Welcome back to The Risk Report. This is episode number 95, and today I am joined by a very special guest, a dear friend of mine, incredibly talented musician, singer, songwriter, producer, and he's also the first person to ever record me, Mr. Chris Galco. That's right, man. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm doing well, bro. How are you? I'm good, and we're, and we're back here in celebration where it all began. That's right. That's you, right. Do you remember how how it all started? Um, I feel like I think I was in eighth grade, around there, fourteen. You were in. We were just finishing up. You, you graduated school. in twelve. Yeah. Okay, so you were in. It was the summer between eleventh and twelfth grade for me. So between ninth and tenth grade for you. Okay. I remember we were sitting at Lakeside on the bench that we had just played ball, and you showed me um, two songs you had on MySpace. One was um, what's the one you did over a suck it or not. Oh, I don't know. I don't oh, remember God, it. I don't remember those songs like that. Oh my God, damn! What was your first song, bro? I, it was really gross. It was funny. It was, as fun. Oh, it was. It was over um, it was, "Boom Boom Pow." And what yes, I right, did was I wrote. I wrote a song <laughs> called right. "Bustin' Nut." Instead of right. uh, "Gotta Get That Boom Boom," I said "Gotta Get That Bustin' Nut." Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. Which is you, so dumb. That was great, bro. <laughs> and then you had a song called "Down 192." That you did over yes. the of um, "Suck It or Not" by Cameron. Okay, and I was like, "We should do something with this. We should we should make another song to it." So I made a different beat, and you rapped the same like like the song, but over an actual right. Like, yeah, yeah, that was the first one. Down one ninety two, smoking blunts from my crew, some shit yeah, like that. Down one ninety two, we don't play no games. <laughs> Dirty sub, we don't say no names. Oh my goodness! Yeah, man, two thousand and nine. Wow. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, so here we are, thirteen years later. Yeah. <laughs> Look at how far we've come. For real, man. Back in celebration. Yeah. So what's up, bro? What's new? Um, well, I guess most recently I came back from a meditation retreat about a week ago. Really? Yeah. How was that? It was pretty beautiful, man. It was pretty life changing. You probably need to put the closer, uh, yeah, have it a little closer. Check, check. Um, was a little closer. Um, it was amazing, man. Really life changing because it was like, you know, I've definitely worked through. I've, I've struggled with mental health for a long time and mm -hmm. I didn't know how to like label it for a while. Um, I was never diagnosed with, you know, depression, anxiety, any of those things. But as I got older and I realized like I experienced this every day. Can I curse? Yeah. Oh every yeah, day. bro. All right. Fuck yeah. Just making sure. Fuck. Just, <laughs> just making sure. Um, but I, like I experienced these things every day and people were talking about them. I'm like, I think I go through that. I think that, you know, I have depression and these things. So I've searched for years through all these different tools and tried different things. Meditation, I've been practicing on and off for like eight or nine years now. I've done ayahuasca journeys. No way. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, LSD and and um, psilocybin, even marijuana, like I, ketamine, like um, journaling, uh, therapy, like just trying so many different things. And a lot of things have really helped. And the thing that was most interesting about this most recent, um, I guess, journey that I was on is – there's two things. The first is that I was able to access not really the mystical states yet, but I'm definitely, I feel like I've empowered myself without the use of anything external at all for the first right. time. It's, it's just meditation. It's just sitting quietly with my shit mm -hmm. until I get it to stop until I'm like, are you done? Cause I'm not getting up until I feel better. Like, and just like committing to that so hard that your body actually like complies if only wow. for a moment. Um, and this is the first time I've empowered myself in that way. But the guy's name is uh, Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Have you ever heard of him? No. 
brilliant man. He's a genius. And the thing that the biggest difference between what I've experienced this time around and how I've experienced my, my healing in the past is for a while, I was having a really hard time feeling like what I was going through. It was just kind of like this stuckness and it was like there, but I couldn't get to the root of it. When I was young, when I was really, really little, I would cry a lot and I hated it. It made me feel so weak. And so I would fight it and suppress it. And then there was a long, long, many years where I couldn't cry. I couldn't like really get mm. myself to feel all the way. So that was my initial work was like opening up enough to actually be able to feel my feelings all the way and getting to the bottom of some deep trauma. Like really, it really helped me heal and grow. And I released some, some serious shit. Most recently, what I learned going into this meditation or into this retreat is that something that Joe Dispenza talks about is that our bodies are addicted to the hormones of stress. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is, you know, I was having these conversations, I was telling you with my family and then people in my life and, you know, I isolate and all that. And I was just trying, just obsessing over, like trying to understand the feelings I was feeling, the things I was going through. Right. But what I realized is that it's kind of a bottomless pit because yeah. I'll get all answers from people. And then it's like, why do I still wake up every day feeling this way? Because now you're stressing about, you know, you might not be stressing per se, but mm. you're taking on loads of stress, you know, it's just, without even knowing it. Yeah. And you're not going to actually heal it that way, no. you know, and it, it helped in the past. But what I realized is that in my body, it's just an addiction. And mm -hmm. so in the past, you know, I thought that not letting myself feel certain things was suppressing it and that I needed to, it was like the courageous, strong thing to do to sit with it to be uncomfortable until right. I that's dig how into we grew it. up. That's, that's what that's I thought what I needed we to do, taught, you know? Yeah. And so this was in a way it was counterintuitive, but it resonated because I just kind of hit this bottom again where I'm like, yo, I have been digging into these emotions for so long mm -hmm. and I don't feel any better. And I understand them pretty well, but I still don't, I don't, still don't feel better. So now it's like what he teaches is choosing how you want to feel and just feeling it as deeply as you can, as often as you can. Figure out exactly what thoughts and feelings you don't want to fire and wire anymore and just catch yourself and don't let yourself go there. And it's not suppressing. It's just choosing a different path. It's just like rewiring. Yeah. The things. And so okay. now I'm realizing, I'm, I'm realizing how I, I felt very empowered coming back from the retreat, hmm. you know, sitting for that many hours with myself. It's like, well, you really can choose it. It really and that is a choice. Is full-on meditation somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it was at the Gaylord Palms. Really? Yeah, it was like 10 minutes away. So we were in this big nice. ballroom. There's... 1850 people wow and they're Massive. like if you guys master meditating through 1800 people you are fucking good to go <laughs> yeah so you know we started every day at 6 a.m and we did three 90 minute or more meditations and then a bunch of like uh lectures um, in between so we taught all about the science of it which was fascinating the second to last day we started at 4 a.m and we sat in this really long meditation from four to nine i did a five hour meditation and that was like you know, because it was a combination of sitting up and laying down. And so when you lay down, you know, you go into the you know, lower brain waves and you kind of like let your autonomic nervous system take mm -hmm. over and like actually integrate what you had just experienced. And so you're almost asleep because, you know, I woke up at 2.50 yeah, you know, after a week of not shit. sleeping, you know. Yeah. And he's like, all right, sit back up. We do this, do this breath work. And like, you know, your body first is like, okay, man, we're going to do it. And, you know, we did it a second time, lay back down again. I'm almost asleep again. He gets us up a third time and I'm like – by the end of it though i was just like man i'm a fucking warrior right like the, and i realized that in my ayahuasca ceremonies too like the shit that i'm willing to put myself through oh yeah for the it sake sounds of, like it yeah because i'm like i'm i don't i'm tired of feeling this way it's Dude. like there's got to be something you know and thank god for the rock bottom mm -hmm. you know when you realize like 
I'm so I've seen the familiar. I know what it looks like and I don't want that anymore. Like I'm so done with, with, with comfort in that mm. way. Cause it's not really even comfortable. You don't really rest in it. No, I'm just like waiting for the day when I'm courageous enough to do something. And then I was courageous enough to do something and I feel good. Well, it sounds like you were being courageous in all those steps, you know, cause the the, best taking, taking ayahuasca, that's no easy feat, right? Like that is a, I mean, I've, I've done DMT, Oh shit! but I'm, I'm not going to do ayahuasca. I don't, I don't really want to put my body through that, mm. that intense journey that I feel like you have to go through to get. What was your DMT experience like? Um, the DMT, I've, I've talked about it before on the podcast. Um, and maybe it was a timing thing. Mm. I don't know if now I would benefit it from it in, in some way. And I don't even feel like I need to do it ever again. But what I got out of it was I felt like everyone there was first off older than mm-hmm. me. I think I was 26 at the time, mm-hmm. two and a half, maybe three years ago, 25. And um, it was a shaman ritual thing. Okay, so you did it in a spiritual sense. Yes, cool. with a bunch of people. Two people went down in front of me like first, hit it, went down. I mean, they're like praying, they're crying, they're freaking out, you know, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, right? What did I get myself into? Yeah. So they make you read this mantra thing. Um, and then you you hit the, the pipe and boom, right? And my experience was I hit it instantly, you know, felt that, opened my eyes. The shaman who already kind of looked like me a little bit, which was weird. He was just like in front of me and I, he would, he would move from side to side like this. You'd see the trails of light. Yeah. And he kind of was morphing into like a tiger. And I've had this tiger feeling before, mm-hmm. like when I did acid the first time too. Yeah. I felt like a tiger. Like oh. I felt like a primal energy. So I could see these waves of color, the colors everywhere, just a different frequency. They, and they told me, and I, I kind of wanted to sit up in meditation for as long as I could. Yeah. And then they're touching me on the shoulder, trying to get me to lay down. So I lay down for maybe two minutes and experience these fractals and all that geometric shit that people yeah. you know see like mm-hmm. or makeup that's real right yeah, i've seen a lot of acid and um and i'm hearing sounds very vivid birds chirping little whispers right and uh and this powerful um just like throughout the whole thing and so those were the main sounds and then boom i was up and i go up i look over the other two people are still down in front of me. There's more people down. Everyone's going on their 15, 20-minute trip. And I did it in like three minutes, four minutes. Wow. And I walked up to the shaman, and I'm like talking shit. I'm like, you think I'm a shaman? Like, I don't understand. Why are they? Why am I up, you know? I paid, <laughs> I paid $200 for this, yeah. bro. Like, <laughs> why am I up? And I just, what I got was that I, I know myself pretty well. And I think the people there were trying to find something within themselves or heal something within themselves that maybe I haven't hadn't gone through some trauma like that yet, or I didn't think I, I don't know, man. Yeah. You know, I was I was just able to take it in for what it was for me, and I didn't have this crazy, you know, existential. It's like I know that there's shit around me that I don't see all the time. I know that I'm aware of this, so mm-hmm. to see it was cool. It was great to be a part of. But it wasn't anything that really changed my yeah. view or anything like that. Did you have an expectation going into it of what it would be? Um, or how you would come out of it? 
I mean, people make it seem like it's going to be this crazy, you know, ego death and this and that. I think mm-hmm. it almost strengthened my ego. Oh, shit. That's not good. You know? Oh, well. Nice. well yeah. You know, our egos like our... Our egos like our primal thing that is kind of, you know, instills fear in us but to keep us, you know, that's what kept us alive. I think that yeah. a lot of the anxieties and stuff that we have now is because 300 years ago, you and I had to go on a boat somewhere to go, you know, take some village and maybe we'd come back home. You know, yeah. we had a whole different stress. Yeah. We were constantly stressed probably, yeah. you know, and a thousand years before that, I had to worry about fucking a tiger eating me or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like invading tribe or some shit like it was just a different and we're still those same humans yeah just in now this modern technological artificial world yeah so i think those things are good they're definitely not for everybody yeah um but like you said you you know now you're finding things that you don't need to do all those things to just understand you yeah and that's where more of where I'm at too. Like I don't need to do a DMT trip again. Yeah. You know what I mean? I kind of, I saw what that was. Cool. You know, I don't even know if I ever want to do acid or any of that again. I yeah. used to do that mm. from time to time. Those were more, you know, like the result after you mm. get this like calm understanding awareness, yeah. that type of feeling. Yeah. yeah. That one was, that's fun from, yeah. from acid trips, but I feel like I don't need to do any of that yeah. shit anymore. Of all of them, acid's been my favorite. One hundred percent. Yeah, but I, where I am now is I'm enjoying the feeling of empowerment of not having any exogenous substances help me get there. So I'm not going to say I would never do it again, but it, my intention would be different. I went right. before like really looking for some kind of deeper understanding, and I'm realizing now that I can find that within myself. And it almost feels like a disservice to myself not to do it, mm-hmm. um, just through meditation. Yeah, you know, for now at least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and when it comes. You know, if it's like a, one of those meant to be things, then it'll come to you. Yeah. You know, how it's meant to be. Yeah. But I think it's good to be prepared for those because we use so much of our brain when we do those things. You know what yeah. I mean? That it's good to be in a prepared state of mind. Yeah. You know, mentally, mental fortitude that you would have mm. going into that. Was there a, um, a a diet or anything you had to follow? Like, you know, not just food, but like, you know, anything you had to do to prepare yourself for the DMT experience? Um, No, you just had to wire that bitch $200. <laughs> you just had to wire him some money and come in white. And that was the one thing that pissed me off. <laughs> I remember because I was living with this, um, you know, this older lady at the time. Um, She was my boss, a good friend of mine. And she wanted to do it. And so I was like, all right, I'll go. I'll go with you because I'm living with her and stuff. And she's like, oh, we got to wear white. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Why can't I just come in my black shorts and my shirt, dude? Like I did. But it's like they want it all white. Like I don't have white pants. Like, you know, I didn't. Not at that time. And I'm like, dude, I just wired this lady $200. (laughs) At the time, clearly, I was struggling for money. All right. But uh, I was like, so that kind of put me in this weird, like, all oh, right, these fucking. And then I got there, and it's a, literally a bunch of people in all white. I'm like, what kind of culty shit did I just get myself into, yeah. you know? Um, but it was, I mean, it was cool. Everything was good, good vibes. Yeah. And it was definitely a far out experience. Mm. Um, but I don't know, man. What 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 was it that brought you to start looking for 
those types of things. Like you said, you had, you know, traumas from the past and depression and yeah. anxiety. But, you know, from what I've, I've known you for years and mm. what I find interesting probably happens with most people that have strong anxiety or depressions is mm. they at times seem the happiest. Yeah. You know, you were always smile on your face, always good vibes, always positive. It's not like you're a negative guy. I never really heard you say any negative shit before. You mm. know what I mean? So I find it interesting. What was it that really kind of just pushed you over to be like, all right, something, I got to change something here. Um, I think I'm pretty extreme person mm. where like I'm either really up or really down. And especially like around people, is it still going or is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I have this tendency to kind of isolate when I'm going through it um, or put it into the music as much as I can. And then when I can't express it, I get frustrated. And mm. I don't always show that side to people because mm -hmm. um, it's vulnerable and there's a fear of pushing people away and being even more alone, which makes you more alone because you're literally isolating yourself from people to not show it. Um, but I walked around with this melancholy for my, my really, as, as long as I can remember, just this like underlying melancholy mm -hmm. for as long as I could remember, just a, a sadness about something or an anger, but mostly a sadness about something. And it, it was just like, I could feel myself looking for things to be sad about. I wouldn't, I didn't like, I see it in hindsight. In the moment, I didn't realize like that I had that awareness so that I could choose something different. It's just, just right. like, yeah, but something bad's going on. But you're right though, around people, I'm like, I'm really able to, it's not, sometimes it requires a lot of effort and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just, it's just easier to be kind and be, mm -hmm. but, um, what led me to start looking for it was just being done with it. I was like, bro, I need to change. Like, I can't keep feeling this way. This really sucks. Yeah. And finding people who, um, the, the, I think the first thing was transcendental meditation. I found it when I was 22 and, um, I don't remember who introduced me to it, but I saw a video online and I saw like Ellen talk about it and Jerry Seinfeld and people would just talk about how like beneficial it was. And they were saying things that just resonated. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, this is kind of like, there's, they're, they're saying things in a way that I'd never heard anybody speak before that felt like this feeling inside me, I could actually do something about. And so on the last, you know, eight or nine, yeah, eight years now, um, I've been just doing my best to do something about it. So started with transcendental meditation a little before, but I had my first acid trip with my friend, but uh, mm -hmm. it wasn't like meant to be a spiritual experience. It was just like fun. Um, and it was great. I learned a lot, but it was still like, it wasn't for that. Um, so I started with transcendental meditation. I moved into like mindfulness meditation, which is focusing on the breath. Um, LSD mushrooms, later ayahuasca, um, therapy on and off for a little while, never like super, super consistently, but for a few weeks or months at a time. Yeah. It was just, just feeling like I need to do something about this mm -hmm. and like whatever, whatever, discomfort will come from actually facing it. Like whatever the thing is that I'm afraid of is officially less stressful than, you know, being where I've been, you know, interesting. It's interesting because you, you, you take the quote unquote easy route because of what you're afraid of. And it got to the point where I was so sick of being in the darkness that the easier thing was actually the thing that scared me before. Mm -hmm. It's like, I still am afraid of this, but 
I'm so disgusted with this side that like which is I to try what try side. try mushrooms mm-hmm. and try that's that's what you're saying was yeah. the harder part yeah because you growing up you were never the guy that was smoking weed or no. doing anything really yeah any of that stuff for a long drinking time. even yeah, I it wasn't until I was so, like 22 that I actually started smoking. yeah so wow and I mean those are pretty heavy ones like you said you did a ketamine therapy yeah actually how that was, was that how I was that, that like probably two months ago um. It was okay. Uh, it, it's it's different from the other psychedelics because it doesn't. It's also a sedative. Hmm. It's it's an anesthetic as well as a psychedelic. So you know it makes it easier to surrender in your body because you're really like motor skills are affected. It's like kind of it's almost like being. It's hard to say. I want to say like being just, very drunk, but not really. Just like, giving it away, like being really vulnerable. It sounds like kind of. I mean, I've always just done my best to be that way. I just, mm-hmm. I just prefer it, man. But mm-hmm. in terms of the actual ketamine experience, like you know, you take it. Say it's in a lozenge, and um, I actually have one left. I, I did. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll show you if you want. I, was, oh, I thought it was like I thought the ketamine therapies were uh, monitored now, like with a nurse, so, and they like inject. There's you a box right there. They mail it to you. Wow. So, you know, you do like a consultation. You do you take like some like quick quiz, which is basically like, are you a good person with good Unbelievable. Yeah. So then, you know, they're like, all right, you qualify. Then you do a consultation with a person. I started explaining what I want to do it for. And, you know, my experience with psychedelics in the past. And we had a good conversation. She's like, all right, this is what I recommend. So they sent me four lozenges. You do, you know, one a week. I did the first three. And I still, I still have the last one because it was cutting into the time before the meditation retreat. Mm. And he was saying, he's like, avoid all those. Just clear, clear. Yeah. He's like, just come mind. in with a clear mind. I was like, okay, cool. So I kept the last one. Um, it was okay. I didn't find it to be super, super beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still went in taking it seriously, you know, the whole diet before and around it, journaling and everything. But yeah, I would say that that was probably the least effective of okay. my psychedelic treatments. And your ayahuasca experience, you got to take me through that. Okay, so ayahuasca, I did here in the states. I haven't gone to Peru for it. They all really. Mm-hmm. So the first time I did it, I went to Alabama. Uh, it was like a nine-hour drive, and uh, I did it in September of nineteen. The next two times I did it um, were in Winter Park here, so about forty minutes from here. So those are the only times that I've done my own ceremonies. I also helped the shaman who facilitated mine. I helped her facilitate for two other people afterward. So I interesting. Did, yeah, which was cool. It was interesting. So I did that for two other ceremonies after that, but I haven't had the medicine since. So I did those in February and May of 2020. So going into September of 19, my first time doing it, um, you know, same thing, just feeling like there's got to be more to this. And like, I want to, I want to, I just need to break through. I was like, I had gone through a breakup a few months earlier and I was just, God, I was just down. So I spoke to this girl that I work with. Um, it was a dear, dear friend of mine. And she was like, she told me about her experience with it. And she said that it exists here. So, you know, we get connected and I go up to Alabama and I go in there and I didn't realize like I had an ego. I was frustrated from the drive. And I'm like, I, like you, I paid the money. Mm-hmm. I'm coming up here. I'm like, I'm just fucking like, I'm just done with all this. So we take the medicine. The first, it's a two night thing. The first night, I don't feel anything. So I'm like, well, I'm here. So I'm, you know, I'm like determined to get something out of it. So, you know, they pass around like weed with a little bit of like uh, ayahuasca in there too. And they're like, just, you know, get your body kind of accustomed to it. And then maybe tomorrow it'll sink in for you. So, you know, I just like smoked and I stretched for a while and just try to like get into my, so the next day, the next night we take the medicine again and that's when it hits. And it starts with like this, oh, everything in my life is my fault. Like, oh, I create my own life. And I went up to the shaman. I'm like, I feel like I came in with an ego and I'm really sorry. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> I just, yeah, I was like, I didn't know. She's like, I know. She's like, it's okay. 
like so I know you got that. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, we've been here before. It's like, cool. I'm like, I bet. So then, um, you know, you're experiencing so much enlightenment and so much love, and I'm like, how did I? I was just started like I was like getting down on myself for a second. Then I'm like, yo, how could you possibly have known? There's no way you could know if you'd never been here before. Like what you're experiencing now is, and it and it feels so true. Hmm. It's just like. I get that I'm in an altered state, but this feels so real. And then I'm like, how could you have known? And then I was like, how could anybody have known? And then I started thinking about my dad because he and I had a really rocky relationship at the time that I had been, you know, having a lot of conversations with him over the course of a few years to begin to heal. And I started thinking about him. I'm like, how could he have known? And I'm like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing either. And I'm like, and I just had this, I mean, I, that was the first time in years that I just cried like, like a baby. Hmm. I mean, so it was just, that suppressed cry that yeah, you had for it just so many out, years bro. and yeah. by the end of it man like i felt like i took a deep breath for the first time in years like my oh, solar wow. plexus was just open and i was just like okay i rode the high for a little while meditated for a little while inevitably got back into the darkness hmm. um a couple months later in february uh i go to do my next one and at that point this is this is the darkest it ever was for me this was like my blackest point so i go into the ceremony it's another two-day one it's just me and her one-on-one. -on -one. The first one was a group ceremony. This time it was one-on-one. -on -one. So I do the diet going into it and all this stuff, kind of doing the meditations, kind of facing my fears, but not really. And the lesson that I learned going into that is that God only meets you halfway. Hmm. There is nothing outside of you that will do the work for you, that will fix you. It, you're looking for a quick fix and it doesn't exist. You have to be the one to change, but you can change, but you just have to be the one to do it. So it was both. It was scary. It was discouraging, but it was also encouraging because it's like, I know I have a long way ahead of me, but I felt optimistic leaving there. So doing the work, doing the work, doing the work. A few months later, I have this dream about, um, I have this dream about my dad. And it's funny because like, they, they told me like, sometimes the mother ayahuasca is like, you know, the plant spirits, like sometimes she'll visit you in your dreams. It's like, you'll know when you're being called to your next one. And I had this dream and I felt that same presence, that same mother ayahuasca presence in my dream. And I had this situation in my head of me and this girl that I had been with a little before that. And then my parents and I realized like all the parallels between me and my dad. And I'm like, mm. damn, I've been judging this person because I didn't want to become him, but I've already been him and yeah. I'm already exhibiting the same things and I'm treating other people this way. And I'm like, you're his son. Yeah. You know, inevitably you're going to have characteristics of your yeah. father and your mother. Yeah. I, same thing. I woke up just bawling. Oh my God, it was crazy. My grandma was there. She was dead too at the time. It was like, it was crazy. It was a crazy An fucking Intense crazy. dream. It was really intense. Huh. So, and this was the most recent, this is the prior to your most recent this was, correct. ayahuasca trip. So, so when is, would you say you had this dream? So this was like May of uh, 2020. Okay. A maybe April or May. Cause then okay. I ended up doing my next ceremony in May. So I call the shaman the next day. I tell her about my dream and I'm like, I want to do this again. So like three weeks later, I go in for another ceremony this ceremony was interesting because like there's this other oh it's 30 minutes right does it yeah is it still going yeah we got a couple minutes here okay Three so minutes. there's um there's a few other like uh medicines that they'll introduce into these ceremonies to kind of help you get into the moment one of them is uh is rape or hape so basically it's like burnt plant ashes and you like you inhale it through like one nostril at a time and you just hold it there for a while, like in a, in a, in a meditation and you don't swallow it, you know, and after, Ash? yeah, after I forget how many minutes you like, 
blow, blow your nose, out. spit it out, you know, but you don't swallow the ashes. You just Whoa. put it up there and it like, it burns. But the idea is like to help you clear energy. So I was like struggling to get present after I took the medicine the first time. She's like, do you want some rapé? I'm like, sure. Knowing that like, it's probably going to be unpleasant, but I've done it a little bit in the past and it wasn't that bad. The first time I did it was like nothing. It was kind of peaceful actually. So I came here for a reason and I'm determined. I take the first snort and I just puke. I've <laughs> never thrown up like that in my life. I mean, it was just That's so my fear of the guttural. So I still got a nostril left to go. Do the other nostril. The fuck Same thing, here. bro. Same thing. Just so much. And at this point, I'm like, I'm in it and I'm like, I came here for a reason. You got to let yourself feel this. So I let myself feel it all the way to the bottom, all the way to the bottom, bro. <laughs> I never thrown up like that. Oh, God. So then I'm sitting, I'm chilling, and I'm still struggling. I feel better and worse, and I'm still struggling. She's like, do you want to do another round? And I'm like, yeah, I came here for a reason. Let's fucking do it. And I'm shaking. I'm scared, bro, because I know what it felt like the first time. Yeah. She puts in the nostril. Same thing, bro. Just... And oh that's my, the just, only way to take that ayahuasca that you were doing at that time? No, you don't have to do it with rapid. No, that that particular medicine, the rapid. Oh, yeah. that's to get you yeah, in the state of mind before even going on the ayahuasca I had already trip? drank the ayahuasca. Oh, so this is like I'm in the trip. Oh, I see. Yeah. So the ayahuasca is doing this. Yeah. It's not an essential part of it, the rapid. It's just like oh. a tool that could help. There's another one called changa, which is like um, an eye drop that they put into your eye. And it burns like a motherfucker unless you're completely present. So it forces you to like find that place. It's interesting. It's so like, they want you to be present. It's like a tool yeah, to get you back. Exactly. So um, so I did that as well, and that was helpful. So now, okay, so now I'm on my second round of rapé. I did my first nostril throw up again so much. She's like, you got one more nostril to go. I'm like, okay. So he goes to the other one, and I'm again, I'm shaking. I'm so weak because I just threw up everything I had inside me. She puts it up my nose and immediately – I start puking again, like just so uncontrollable. And I'm like, all right, I get, I, I kind of gather myself. I get up. She's like, like, all right, no more rapé. She's like, I didn't even blow it. She's like, you still oh. got to do it. She's like, you just put it in your nose and just like reacted that oh. way. And I was like, oh my God. So five times, bro. She put that in my nose. And, you know, again, for the fifth time, just, I had this realization in the last one. I'm like, the energy around it was changing. Like in my head, I'm like, am I choosing this? I was like looking to purge more and more because I was there already. I was in the momentum of doing it. I'm like, something needs to come out of me. And then I realized like, I think I'm choosing this. I'm like, I don't, it feels weird. So I'm like, all right, let me choose something else. So I lay back, you know, we eventually start talking, you know, a few minutes or hours or whatever later, we're sitting there. And I realized like, I am a fucking warrior. Like the things I'm willing to put myself through for the sake of my growth. Like I came here to go all in. And I fully, fully committed no matter what it meant. And it was not fun and it was not comfortable, but I came here for a reason. And I had a renewed sense of confidence. Like you came here to the thing that I was working on at the time was self-confidence, like becoming a confident person. And it's like, bro, like it's not about like being this thing. It's about like choosing it every day. So like, you choose it every day. You came in here, you're a fucking warrior. And just the way I saw myself in that moment, I had a paradigm shift. So I'm like, all right, let's go back in. I took another cup of the ayahuasca. I still didn't have the deep kind of experience that I was hoping for, but I did come out of that one feeling better and more empowered. Mm. So then I don't know, maybe a year, a few months later, uh, I ended up facilitating a ceremony. Um, and that was really, it was a really good experience. I came out of that feeling super empowered. The second time I did it, um, it was with this guy. 
it, it was the same shaman, but like the person, the Healy year was a guy and I was so in my head. It was not a good experience. I was just like, you know, I'm supposed to be like bringing a clear energy here and I'm in my head. So yeah. I haven't done it since then. I see. Cause you don't want to transfer that energy towards somebody's trip. I'm supposed to be strong here. You know, I can't, but at the same yeah. time I didn't enjoy it, bro. It's a, it's literally all night. You're up till six, seven, eight in the morning. Right. It's right. just all fucking night. I'm no, like, that's a lot. Yeah. It's and not, people it's not are fun. throwing up and shit. And yeah. Well, their pants in the two by. that I experienced where I was facilitating, nothing crazy happened. Okay. The guy was pretty tame. He ended up like on his phone by the end of it. I was like, this is kind of interesting. Huh. And the girl before it, she was just kind of, <laughs> he was girl. just right back. Yeah. It. Right back. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then the girl, you know, and no judgment everybody's on their own but mm -hmm. the girl before us was definitely like um she was having trouble like getting out of her story mm. and really actually being open and real with us but mm. i felt very that's the one thing i found it with the dmt trip yeah was um where i said you know it almost strengthened the ego not not yeah. even for me necessarily but for the people around me it was like yeah you you get out of there and it's like they just want to talk about their crazy experience and their story and yeah it's cool i get it um but you just see their ego start to back to inflate, you know? So it's ironic that they almost call it this ego death. I think know? for a moment your ego does die. Yeah. But yeah, the, the default is um, it's hard to break out of the program. So I sat yeah. in a five hour meditation. As soon as I like walked into the hallway, I'm back to like trying to rush to the front of the line and shit. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, what did we just talk about? <laughs> God damn it. That's funny. Well, it's hard, man. We're humans, you know? Yeah. We're humans, and we can go from having those experiences that day to then, you know, a week later being fucking petty about something or, yeah. you know, being but angry about something. Day. Or even within the same day. But yeah. that just goes to show, like, uh, we're very um, – Humans just really just focus on things and just, oh, this is what I got to do. I got to get to work. Yeah. Get to work, you know? If you were just to like back up the scope of things and you just see humans driving in the car, we probably just look like blood cells in an artery. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. if you really macro us down and we're just going, going for what? For what? I Constantly working. Yeah. You know, for what? For what? And, you know, we find, luckily we're people that, have found our passions yeah. early on yeah or our passions found us but we had to do the work it didn't just it met us like you said god met us halfway yeah and we had to do the work to get there Absolutely. to what we wanted to do and still and still doing it yeah you know a lot i've been thinking a lot about success you know especially we were coming up what we thought success would be in music having a hit song or you know being this big artist and Bro, we've been successful from the day we started. We've always been successful through the people we meet, through these interactions we get to have, the music we get to create, and we're yeah. still fucking doing it. Like, yeah. That is successful. And we've gotten a lot better. We've gotten a lot better. Got a lot better. <laughs> now we could maybe become more successful, yeah. which shout out to you to change the topic a little bit. Shout out to you, man, for your Spotify is has grown so much. Your music has grown so, so much from when we first started. I appreciate for that, for you, like you're one of the most um, out of the artists I've ever known, the most growth. Thank you. Because I saw you, you were producing when I first met you, producing yeah. and rapping. Mm -hmm. 
then it turned into singing and then up until a few years later you know a few years ago i saw you and you're cha- you're playing the drums hey scalkio we need you on bass who goes over plays the bass plays yeah. the piano sings i mean dude so that to see that growth has just been incredible thank you man i appreciate that i i feel like um i'm actually kind of returning back to my roots in a way um it, and it is musically like I'm back to sort of boom bap hip hop, which has mm. kind of always been my my shit. But it's also um, an energy of pure expression. Like the first record I put out, which you know, shout out to you for you know helping me get with uh, Plush to record the Word Is Bond EP. Word Is Bond. That was the first EP I recorded. Uh, the first time in a regular studio. First time hearing my music mixed and mastered, and like really being in that environment. So that was really special, man. So thank you for that. Mm. And there's something how it goes full circle. Yeah, it really like is crazy, anyway. right? You know what's even crazier to slightly get off topic? The um the other day I was back at Plush to help this band that that won Mike's showcase. Mm-hmm. It was their first time in a studio ever, and it was at Plush. And one of the interns there that we both interned with back in the day was the engineer. So I got to really? go back there now and facilitate with um with this band and like walk them through their first studio experience. And see his old engineer and it was back at plush so shout out to plush Dude, yeah that's it really goes around like that and yeah meant to be you know we're yeah. meant to have these interactions and and inspire and motivate each other and yeah you never know i'm trying so to... word is bond word is bond i'm sorry if we oh no you're you good there no i i so i'm kind of returning to that energy because when i made that project it was such a it was a passion project like aggressively uncompromising like mm-hmm. i don't care what anybody thinks of this this is me expressing everything i have to say and it was a lot it was dense but there was so much heart in it and after i made it i was proud of it for a little while and then i was just like oh my god i have to actually release it you know and so you know i put it out on soundcloud like just on a whim i was like "Fuck it, i'm dropping it like two months after we finished so put it up on soundcloud post it to facebook done leave me alone my songs are out nobody listened to it (laughs) (laughs) and then after that i'm like i need Cause I start, I was still living in New York at the time. I was hitting open mics and stuff, performing these songs. And I'm like, I need stuff that is easier to perform. Hmm. And I need stuff that is, um, a little more, I was using the word digestible at the time, a little more accessible. Mm-hmm. So the next project I made love over fear was intentionally much more simple. I'm not going to overthink it as much. I want to just, you know, I said, I'm going to write a song a day and I'm just going to do that for a month. And I'm gonna take the best ones and spend the next month recording them, the next month mixing, mastering, and that'll be it. And I kind of followed that timeline for the most part, but I was—I didn't want to think so much about it. What I'm working on now, <clears throat> I'm working on an album called "Be Free, Christopher," and mm. it's really returning back to that word is bond energy of like I think now, from my experience like performing top forty and you know working with the corporate band and at Howl at the Moon, like I think I have a good balance, at least the best balance I've had yet of artistically fulfilling uncompromised music that says exactly what I want to say in a way that is accessible in a way that's not so like sonically dense that you have nothing to hold on to. Like I understand arrangements better now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of like, yeah, through these years of, of making so much music, you've, yeah. you've got the knowledge now. And then, you know, like you said, man, playing with these bands and doing all of what you've been doing and this different type of music, it's going to get back to where now you, you, I see more of a comfort level in you that you can do what you wanted to do artistically kind of explore these boundaries and go past these boundaries that you really, that you set, right. But now you're going over them with the confidence of that you have that 
internal knowledge now. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I'm excited, bro. Love Over Fear, great fucking album. Thank you, man. That's still such a good album. I appreciate it. And, uh, and shout out to your new single, Hot Cakes. Thank Hot you, Hot Cakes and Agave. Hot Cakes and Agave. Let's fucking go, dude. <laughs> so the, the cool thing about that is um, this band Sage out here. Shout out to Sage, the band. They are so free. They're so free, man. They don't give a fuck. I used to see them on the open mic circuit back in the day, and it was all hip-hop and R&B singers. And there's this this band. It's like jazzy neo soul kind of band mm -hmm. and they're up on stage performing in pajamas like they don't give a fuck and they're just friends they're just friends with everybody like like who the fuck are these guys and now their spotify is bigger than any of these guys i used to play these these open mics with mm -hmm. like they just they got it like as a band they're professional they got their shit together and they have so much fun yeah so when we made this song the chorus is feels like falling in love and we're like okay we can't call it that that's way too basic so we had a meeting with the five of us, like, what are we going to call this song? And somehow, I think there's like a Smino lyric, like something with hotcakes and agave. And Dom, the singer, is like, just call it hotcakes and agave. So we tossed around a few more names, and we're like, all right, that's the best one. And we're like, well, what should we do for some content? I was like, you guys should just be eating pancakes off of my stomach. <laughs> that's what they did. <laughs> and and like, like within an hour, we ran to Walmart and got some pancakes and some agave. <laughs> the other guys set up the lights and the green screen, and we Look, shot it right down Like there. a nightmare to clean off. Bro, dude. it was, oh uh, they hosed me off in the backyard and I jumped in the pool. It was, nice. um, it was the most fun I've ever had in a photo shoot. <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's man. good. I mean, that's the, that's the market we're in now, you know, yeah. like content, clickable content, fun. Yeah. Outlandish, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? something that captures the attention and then boom the song itself is phenomenal thank you man so and so this is a jam band you you met them as a jam band like they were um, jamming with other artists you said other artists would come up to them and stuff? no they're art they're artists in their own right like they oh had, I, see, I see yeah i think they had released music by then i met them in 19 and okay. uh, i think they had released music by then yeah okay. they definitely had but their shit has just popped off so much they've been using um Facebook ads. They've taught me a lot mm -hmm. about using Facebook yeah, ads. Marketing uh, and all yeah, that. Yeah. Their Instagram, their TikTok, or well, mm -hmm. mostly their Instagram is like really, they're really on right now. Um, they just really got their shit together. So like as as artists, like my peers, I really respect them. And the amount of fun that they let themselves have in the in the process is like mm -hmm. I just needed that energy. So it was a yeah. real privilege to be able to work with people like that who just yeah, that's don't take vital. It too seriously. No, that's vital yeah. for what we do. Mm -hmm. And like I said, when you meet these people, these other musicians, they inspire and motivate and keep you going. Yeah. If we didn't have that, that would make it a lot more difficult to kind of keep it going, you know. But having having those peers, you yeah. know. Um, we need community. It's a it's a community. Luckily, I got to find that when, when I moved to West Palm, man. There's a big community of musicians, and we're that's what we are, man. A big community. We call it Soul Fam. Hell yeah. That's so beautiful. shout out to Soul Fam. Incredibly talented musician. Same thing, kind of Neo Soul. And why I asked if they were a jam band is mm -hmm. because they go up. My homie Trey Dark plays the drums. Matt Brown playing bass and piano. Mm -hmm. We got other Matthew on piano. Mm -hmm. And we have Rodley, RJ playing guitar. Hell yeah. Crushing guitar. All insanely talented at each, each of, uh, instrument that they play, right? Mm -hmm. And you could go up to them on all night on Tuesday nights, they jam together. Mm. So people come up to them, hey, could we do this cover? Yeah. You know, and they'll fucking listen to it for a second. Or if they know the cover, they'll start playing it. 
dude, they listen to a song for 30 seconds, they start playing it. Mm. So you can go up with your song and be like, here, I made this single, Hotcakes and Agave. Yeah. They'll listen to it and they'll start fucking playing That's it. That's dope. It's incredible. And same same kind of deal. You know, everyone, everyone knows them. Everyone's tight with them. Mm. And they give back a lot. And they're just having mm. fun. That's you know? beautiful. So it's beautiful to see and it's beautiful to be a part of. And I think that type of shit is is crucial for music and what we do and why we keep doing it. Yeah. You know? We we isolated for a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. I did at least I, you know, insisted on doing it all on my own. And it's just yeah. there's a there's a freedom in it, but there's also it's just not as fun. For no. me personally, I'm not Russ, man. I don't know how yeah. the fuck he does it. Yeah, you know, and and I mean, he did pop off, but I don't don't know many people talking about Russ to be honest. Oh no, Russ is he's he's big time. He's big time. He's big time. But I mean, I don't I don't hear too many people talking about him. Is what I'm saying. He doesn't have a major label behind him. Mm. Either way, you can't compare yourself to anybody else. But I look at a person like that, and it's it's inspiring because you know what could be done. But I don't think that I've just. I've that was his to, route. That was yeah, his route. Exactly. I've had to work too hard just to believe in myself. To you know, we're like all the God given talent doesn't yeah. really matter if you go through you know the the shit. And I think that's I guess to bring it back to the first point, that's what made me start doing the work, mm-hmm. like doing the, the spiritual work. Because it's like yeah. you really do have it all. Why don't you actually do anything with it? It's like because I want it, and then it makes you question: Do you want it? Hmm. Do you actually want it? And it's like I yeah. I do, but like, why am I so scared? Mm-hmm. What is going on here? And it's like, I don't know, but it's crippling. Yeah. You know? So like, I got to do something about it. That might be the one time or the time that I have seen that side of you mm. is with music. You've always been very critical of your work. Yeah. Very focused and meticulous yeah. about what you want or that man this sound is just not right here i mean even to minute little details in songs where yeah. i'm just like i was very good with the flow like scalpel bro just put it out man it's fire yeah. you know it's ready to go yeah you know yeah, but a lot I, I see that a lot of artists have that yeah that common trait you know where it, it may be hindering and i think as we get older now we we do really start to see the effects yeah and like you said in hindsight like oh that not just affected the music that's affecting me now yeah. you know well the music is more a symptom you mm-hmm. know and i think for a while i was doing that too you st- i think that's i guess that's where it begins where the awareness begins you start looking at the things on the surface that it's affecting and you know i look at the areas of my life where i've had challenges and it's like there's got to be some deeper reason you know there's got to be something underneath the surface that's like manifesting itself in this way where like i'm struggling with music you know what i'm saying and so that's right. kind of the work that I've been trying to do is just is to dig that out, find what is that that trigger, that cause. Yeah. But now I'm like what's re- really recently changed for me is that was my old way of trying to understand it so I could do something about it and now it's just like I don't need to know. I have a way. It's choose what you want to feel. Choose mm-hmm. the highest emotion. I want to feel empowered. I want to feel excited. I want to feel uh, ease in the creative process. I want to feel like energized and nourished by the creative process. So I sit there in my meditation until I feel that. And then I do my best to, you know, get excited about it and then bring that to the process as much as I can. Mm -hmm. I've been writing every day since I got back from the retreat, which was like, uh, Saturday. And, um, I'm still finding myself fixated on the outcome more than just satisfied with my effort. And that's a shift that I'm working on, you know, because if I'm looking for 
you know, I'm not satisfied unless I wrote something that I can use. That's, uh, that's just not fair to me because that doesn't happen every day. It doesn't right. happen often, you know? So like, I, I can't, I want to attach my, um, my self-worth, my self-image, my satisfaction and my joy, my peace within myself to how, I guess, to a sincere effort, the sincere pursuit of a worthwhile goal, as Tom Bilyeu says, you know, like, did you really go for it? Cool. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. All right, cool. Then it's worth it. That's what it's about. Yeah. But making that shift mm -hmm. is, um, is where I am right now. That's my current. Yeah. Uh, work. I think naturally what we do is we set expectations, even sometimes subconsciously. Yeah. You know, we set these expectations for ourselves and, and when we don't meet them, they can fuck us up mentally, mm -hmm. you know, but it's good that we learn to kind of just differentiate with that and just, just go for the sake of doing it. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I had a similar turning point with music as well, where I fit, where, you know, it hit me like, man, I've been making music alone for years. Yeah producing it myself putting it out myself it's great it's my mind and this and that but yeah. there's nothing like going out there on tuesday nights or wednesdays or fridays and playing with the fucking band yeah there is nothing like that mm -hmm. and i'd rather have that feeling right and so even musically i want to get more to a place where i work with artists to bring see what we all bring out yeah you know just for music not just my mind you know i want five minds together yeah. to come together to make something like yeah. to me that's doing it more for the sake of music yeah you know? and i look at like why music's so timeless music from the 70s or 80s or 90s that we might really be into yeah but maybe more so 60s to 80s yeah. you know bands yeah everything was bands and yeah, musicians like multiple, multiple people yeah. coming together nasty at what they're what they do at their yeah. craft and coming together to make something mm -hmm. you know it's that is outside the ego right because yeah. the ego is me all right i'm gonna go up and i'm gonna roman the stoic motherfucker yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? but outside of the ego let's just sing a fucking song yeah. let's just put a song out right art for art's sake art for art's sake yeah and that's more of the shift i'm i'm having that's good you know yeah it feels healthier it feels healthier it feels there is that stress of like, man, I want to perform. I want to, I want to be just as good as these guys, or I want to, you know, feel worthy enough to yeah. be. That's really what it is for me. Worthy enough um, to play with these guys because they're yeah. so damn good. So that might be the only stress. But other than that, it's just get it out, get it out to the world. Cause I yeah. see the, that people enjoy it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I see what it does to other artists and just people just out there. Yeah. And you got a big catalog too. Yeah, I've made music for years now, yeah. for sure, for sure. But you've been more on the grind, you and your brother. So shout out to uh, Mike Scalco yeah. franchise. Yeah, Mike's been uh, Mike's been doing it. Yeah, he's been pushing hard. Both of you guys finish songs more easily than I do. Oh, yeah. Well, again, it could go back to the um, more meticulous mind that you have. Yeah, which maybe is not bad. You know, it's it, it it's, serves me it's a lot. about it's about finding the balance yeah you know it sounds like we all we all have this and i've been yeah. talking about this in my like in one of the spanish songs you know i have a the good angel and the bad angel mm -hmm. the one song you listen to um we all have that you yeah. know those two voices and they both serve a purpose yeah 
You know, the id and the ego both serve a purpose, Mm -hmm. right? And it's about finding that balance. So I think part of what makes you so fucking great is that side of you that, no, you take your time to really focus and listen to what it is that's missing there or what, what, how would that would come out better or, no, this just ain't right yet. You know, like I see that in very good musicians, you're, you being one of them, that they have this more take your time, don't put it out, sometimes not even perform it, uh, you know, at a certain, at a certain point. Um, but it does serve you, but it's just about having that balance. Whereas yeah. me, I could I could record a song and put out the rough tomorrow, right? Yeah. But like maybe I shouldn't always do that. Maybe sure. I should take my time yeah. and um, it's probably somewhere between. Yeah, it's yeah. just about finding that balance. Yeah, for sure. I got stuff on this album that's more than three years old, and this wow. album is not done. So <laughs> yeah, so it'll be four years old by the time it's done. Well, maybe maybe less. Yeah, but, but listen, you know what was it? It was black. Black is a good example of an mm. artist who took his time. Mm. I think t- he took a while in recording that first album, mm-hmm. The Free Black. Yeah. You ever heard that one? Yeah. Great album. Yeah. Bro, he, he recorded, I, I, I don't know, I don't want to get the numbers wrong. I probably might be inflating it, but I know it was over 100 songs. Wow. I'm, I'm thinking it might be 300, but he, let's just say, at least recorded over 100 songs for that album, not really knowing that that was yeah. going to be the album. He recorded 100 songs. Mm-hmm. And then made that album wow. out of the best sounds. Sure. There. So everyone, and, and but you know what? And Russ put all those hundred out, those hundred songs all out, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's the difference. Yeah. And it might not even be a um, having to put it out to get the content out there. It might just be just doing the work. Mm. I was um, listening to this guy recently. He he's an author, and he wrote this book called um, "The War of Art." Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. Yeah. And he talks about um, the muse, right? He talks about the muse. Yeah. So, you know, it's just about that, like doing doing it for art's sake and putting in the work and she shall reward. You know what I mean? And we, I think we're a testament to that. I would say so. I think um, one of the earlier things that you said about success and defining success is something I'm going to spend some time i I gotta chew on that like it's a question that's come up many times over the years but Mm -hmm. i'm in a new headspace and i want to i want to chew on that for a minute yeah it's easy to um feel like i I think it's natural and human to want more i don't think there's anything necessarily inherently wrong with that Mm -hmm. with wanting to have more or be more but not at the expense of um i guess peace within the moment joy within the moment satisfaction within the moment you know feeling like you need to be more in order to be worthy, you know, or to be able to be happy, I guess, to be worthy of joy of love, you know? Um, And guys like us who have never had that major, you know, we haven't had a hit, you know, like yet. Um, That is, I think a lot of people experience this Mm -hmm. and I want to just continue to affirm a healthier perspective so that I don't get caught in that shit again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, look, we're in an age where the phone, the fucking Instagram, all that bullshit, it don't yeah. help us, you know, <laughs> to deal with that because, oh, here we go. We're seeing all these fucking people blowing up, but not us, right? Yeah. And for for me, like, not that I've given up on that ideal or dream or yeah. goal that I've set for myself because I would 
obviously I want to be a fucking big artist. I would like to be getting paid for shows. I would like to not have, you know, a $40,000 a year salary, right? I would like to fucking make millions of dollars, right? There's obvious obvious successes I would like to reach in my life. But I'm not kicking myself in the balls for not having achieved it just yet. Hell yeah. You know? Um, I think what's helping me out too is now when I go out to these shows and I perform and I see all these other great artists, so good. What I started doing was taking my camera and taking pictures of them. I got a nice uh, Canon camera. Mm. Taking good photos of them because I know if I was performing, it'd be cool to get some content when yeah. we go out to these shows. We're playing over a lot of people. It's yeah. fucking dope times, you know? Capture the moment type thing. Mm. So in that sense, I've given myself away. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not about me going to the show or mm. whatever. When I go up, I, no one's taking the fucking camera and taking a picture of me. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm just doing it just to give it to the people mm. back to the value. back to them. Yeah. And I don't know. One day it really did just hit me, bro. That that like because I. I do dwell on that, you know, parents always like, well, you know, you have to get a real job or, or, I mean, even visiting up recently, not to knock my parents. I love my family and everything they've taught me, but you know, it was like, uh, well, man, maybe you should make, you know, go out and be playing so- shows anymore. And this and that, just like uh, dude, this, I, I have no choice Yeah. at this point. This is what I do, bro. Yeah. Like I, I can't not do that. Like, yeah. I have to do it, even if it is for fucking 20 people over here. It don't yeah. matter, bro. Mm. Um, so, but it just hit me, dude. Like, wow, look at all these people I've met. Look at what, where we've been, where we've recorded, mm-hmm. who we've recorded with, who would have the blessing, the honor to, to be around, you know? And, hey, man, who knows what, it, what it'll be like in 10 years when we're 40. Yeah, who knows? I don't give a shit anymore. You know, I'm just happy yeah. to do it now. I think um, if I think the me coming out of college or high school could hear what uh, what I'm making now, he'd be really excited about. Oh yeah, he'd be like, "Damn, bro!" bro Seriously, seriously. I think he would be excited. Yeah, Um, yeah. You're, and I appreciate you saying it, but there has been a lot of growth since we got since we started. I mean, holy shit. Yeah, but we started recording on cell phones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, and literally, not voice memo on an iPhone. No, when you said phone. that one ninety two song I did, bro, mm-hmm. I recorded that with the fucking like a uh, recorder. It wasn't even voice memo yet. It was a yeah, phone flip phone. Mm-hmm. Recorded it. It with sounds the like beat a phone call. From the, it yeah, was, bro, yeah. it's just awful. And that's how we started. It's like, oh wow, a way to record. Hell yeah! Oh, and it was then incredible. We evolved to the rock band mic in Evian's house shout out to yes yes yeah we shot in in his closet making beats on fl studio and that was a huge upgrade because i was making my own beats right and we were recording on that and then you know eventually you get the mic that i still have and then in that booth there is the same mic i got in 20 in 09 the blue microphone Mm -hmm. right the blue microphone is right in there man great microphone yeah it still works like a charm the only thing i upgraded was the uh the interface i still have the um the other interface too but yeah i mean that makes a big difference too um Mm -hmm. yeah man it's you know this is it's cool. It's a cool life. We've been just DIY from the beginning, and I, I don't imagine it'll. I don't know. Maybe it will change. Maybe there'll be a day when studios are our like place to go, or maybe we'll just always prefer to make music at home. You know, regardless of the scale of it, of its reach. You gotta stop it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it probably will still be. Studios will always have a place. Yeah. But then at the same time, people will always be recording from now on. 
I think at home, yeah. you know, solo DIY type recording makes sense. Makes sense. Not everyone can afford $50, $100 an hour. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you know, especially as an artist coming up. So it's and then now you have apps that people you could record on your phone on your app. Yeah. So it the game it's has changed. Now, yeah. The game has changed, which honestly it's going to completely change music as yeah. as us recording at home changed music from the studio days yeah if you notice the soundcloud right when people talk about soundcloud rap that's because that shit was its own sound yeah that's at home microphones rarely mixed rarely leveled yeah you know just it had this different sound it's real like, that added to the lo-fi. to the feel of the overall music that people were yeah. creating I, it you reminds know. me, I'm, I'm reading this um, biography of uh, Bruce Springsteen, autobiography mm-hmm. right now. And he was talking about, he's like, for people from my generation, like the best way to listen to music is on like a small, tinny radio speaker. He's like, that's like, he's like. That's hey. what they made it for. Yeah. They were making music knowing that's that what's going to come out of that That was how they heard shit. everything they heard. Yeah. yeah. So they're just, he said like, he, uh, he's like, to this day, like when I record things, like we keep one of those things in the studio. And like, that's how, that's how you know if it's, if it's, if it hits. Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing as SoundCloud. It's like this is what we have and this is what we're accustomed to. And if it hits here, it's a hit. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I feel it this way, then of course it's gonna be nice when it's crisp, like for sure. But like it's gotta work there. Right. Yeah. But it's cool. It's just like the modern day version of that of like this is what we have and this is how we've digested music and this is the barometer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it'll continuously change. I wouldn't doubt if in a couple of years there's gonna be someone making a hit on their iPhone. Um, they probably already are, bro. They probably already are. I know this guy um, who's he's a guitar player for Dark Child, the producer, and he's like, dude, I've seen these engineers like literally record something on an iPhone, and he's like, they're like, should we set up a mic? He's like, nah, just do it on the phone. And they record it in voice memo. Get out. And he's of like, here. and they mix it so it's so clean. He's like, you would be surprised at like how they like they don't care. Wow. Like they can make it sound clean. <laughs> like that's amazing. Like incredible. Yeah, these are the high. But if well, you know I mean, these things doing, are definitely got good microphones. They're they really tapping do. in. They're tapping in on all our conversations well, true, all yeah. the time. So <laughs> yeah. it's got to be a they good microphone. Out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, any advice then for up and coming artists? You know, now that we're kind of talking on this new yeah wave of music, and we've been reflecting on our come up. You know, I would say. Um, Make sure you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. Make sure you're enjoying yourself. There's a lot of other things to consider when it comes to this. And it can be a lot. You know, putting a team together is another thing I recommend. There's a lot of things. But I I think for me, what resonates more, more than anything right now is make sure you're enjoying the process of creating art. You know, get stay attached to the reason you started doing it. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, 100%. That's what will keep you going and yeah. motivated. You have and, to love it. And love it. You know, I've heard recently, you know, we, we all know this quote, the, uh, oh, you're, you're born with that talent. You're born with that gift, with mm. that ability. And that's not true at all. What I think what you're born with, the gift is you, your enjoyment of something. So yeah. if a kid likes to draw, 
you know, from the time he's a young kid, he's going to spend more time doing it than the kid who doesn't like, who gets frustrated when yeah. he can't draw a circle. No, yeah. the kid that likes it's going to figure out how to draw a circle yeah. until eventually he's a good fucking artist, right? Yeah. And so I think if if naturally you enjoy music, music is one of those things that will always pull you back in, bro. No yeah. matter how far you stray away from right. it, for some reason for us, right. you might stray away, that bitch pulls us back yeah, in always. for some reason. Always, because it's just, just nothing like it. No, it's just nothing like it. No, and it's our dream, and you know when it's your dream, it's like, I, I, I have to, I have to go for it. I have to. I'm going to figure it out if I just don't stop. Mm -hmm. Like there's that knowing, like I'm going to get where I'm going because I won't stop until I do. But there's also the, you know, the other shit that comes with not having had it yet. But that's the other piece of advice I give to anybody who does this: just don't quit. Just yeah. don't quit yeah more other things as well but bare minimum just don't quit yeah just keep going you will get better enjoy it you and will don't learn. fucking stop doing it yeah that's the only thing this is the only way you get better at anything yeah i think it's also good for us to have different things we like to do a hundred percent bro you know yeah so finding that balance of doing what you love obviously but then giving a giving a healthy break absolutely because we can't anything can get mundane yeah after doing it for so long and at a certain point we get tapped right yeah, we right. get tapped um so it's good to have those things luckily i've always kind of had that so juggling the skating yeah. the you know i juggle skating music and art yeah and now the what's lucrative is the art yeah right this and the skating was lucrative for a while um, but those two are, I, I don't think I'd, ha I'd be what I am without each of them kind of lending to each other. Yeah. Thank so I God. think it's important. Yeah. You, know? you were talking about last time I saw you, you were uh, trying out jujitsu. Yeah. I'm still doing, I'm competing nice. in three weeks. My really? Competition. Yeah, bro. Where at? Uh, it's at Silver Spurs Arena where we graduated. Oh, no way. Right yeah, there. bro. Yeah. Talk about full fucking circle. Mm -hmm. Graduated and now I get to beat someone's ass there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's my first wow. one. I'm very excited, man. I've been training consistently since then. I'm a four, four stripe white belt. So yeah. Okay. Probably first week of March, I should be able to test for my blue belt. Nice. Yeah, bro. But it's been amazing, man. It's been so good for just everything, man. My physical fitness physical and, you know mental health mm -hmm. like just being around a community of people it's such a safe place bro that's like, another thing too right you know confidence it's just been so healthy man mm -hmm. and it's fun though it's really, yeah. really fun and who knows how that energy will and it, i wouldn't doubt if that same energy kind of lends to this new um what was the album called uh a get be, better be free be free chris yeah. be free christopher you know how it has that word is bond type yeah. of fuck you energy mm -hmm. back to i'm just uh, right that that type of more hyped yeah. up energy i wouldn't doubt if if you doing consistently for this year somehow aided in that maybe you know yeah and maybe. bringing that energy forth you know i'm kind of stepping into that aggression a little bit it's mm -hmm. interesting because i've done so much work to like become more peaceful right and, and the feedback i've gotten a few times there is like play more offense yeah. You know, I'm very like, and it's, and it's partially a confidence thing, which just comes from reps right. too and knowledge, but like, I'm more like waiting to respond. Mm -hmm. Um, but you got to play offense. You, gotta you like have to guide the pace of things. At the end of the day, we're men. Yeah. You know, and we have that in us and aggression within us. And I think for a man to be successful in his life, 
the best thing we could do is to find that balance yeah. and find that find that you have the ability to be aggressive or you know an aggressive you might think of a negative term but it's no. not it's just like a a primal thing right? right and a primal instinct but it's having the intuition and the knowledge and the discipline yeah to keep it at bay yeah you know you could roll somebody's fucking ankles pop their knee out of place mm -hmm. but you don't do it yeah right <laughs> jordan peterson was talking about this the other day he's like the best thing to be is being a man who's very dangerous but yeah controls it controls he's it. like there's no if you if you don't fight somebody because you know you can't that's no, there's no virtue in that mm -hmm. it's when you know you could kill someone and you choose not to that's where the virtue is right and it's like i've never felt that confidence in myself where like i could like whoop someone's ass it's not even about whooping someone's ass it's more like being able to defend myself mm -hmm. like if it ever really came down to it at this point like i now fight people every day who are much bigger than me right so like i'm gonna be in that situation like i'm probably gonna win yeah i'm gonna at least like survive it for I sure could, yeah. i could put you to sleep you know i could you know like there's a lot of things that could happen that don't end with me getting my ass kicked and that's a new feeling and that's a beautiful feeling yeah yo i actually have to leave to get to work though oh do you you yeah, have yeah. work yeah, yeah, yeah i'm at how at the moon tonight oh nice yeah bro what time uh was it seven or something you're right yeah now? yeah that's the one in orlando mm -hmm. yeah and i drive yeah let me know if you want to you playing out. tonight all night mm -hmm. till what what does till, that go uh, to uh 130 145 yeah bro yeah i might i might swing by yeah let me know that'd be great hell yeah well, Christopher, this was a fucking great podcast. It's really good, man. It was a great I conversation. I say we do it again some other time. Absolutely. And I say that you should definitely come down to West Palm. I appreciate you it. You have man. a place to crash. Thank you. I'd love to see you mix with these other artists I've met down here. Mm -hmm. And I see that up here you've got a good peer group. Um and some of them, you know, really pushing that Jason channel, dude. Yeah, that's my boy. Right. Some people have been following me back. And I Hell see yeah. that you guys, you have your own community up here. And mm -hmm. that's beautiful to see. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'd love to link up more. I'm going to be up here again next month. Nice. For, for a week or so. Oh, true. It's Christmas. So, you know, Christmas yeah, time, sure. we'll link up. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to check out Chris Scalco, Chris, where can they find you at? Yeah, uh, Chris Scalco on Spotify or Apple Music, YouTube, and then Scalco Music on um, Instagram, TikTok. That's about it. Perfect. Thank you guys so much. Thank Bro, you. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Dude. Hey, thank you for you having me technically because I'm in your apartment this That's time. That's true. That's true. <laughs> hey, you know. But thank you for being on the Risk Report. This was a fucking good time. Indeed, Great bro. talks. Yeah, man. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank Peace out, motherfuckers. Relentless with
I've always been reflective. Uh-huh. I ain't nothing to mess in these bars.